This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with fellow app nerds John Beeler and Graham Williams. We have an awesome show today. Later on, if you are a Mac owner, they've updated the operating system. It's now called macOS Catalina. They've got some new features that uh, you'll want to hear about. If you haven't updated uh, to it yet, we'll give you our impressions of what's good and maybe some little things they need to work on. And I've had a chance to try out the new Tesla update. And even if you don't own a Tesla, you should listen to this segment coming up because it is hilarious. They've got built-in car karaoke now. Karaoke, as they call it. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that and how that kind of relates to distracted driving, <laughs> like in a real, real sense. Uh, let's talk about some of the app news uh, right now, uh, guys. Uh, Microsoft had some big announcements of uh, gear that they have coming out. Not necessarily this year, but next year. Some interesting form factors. They showed uh, one of their Surface tablets that actually has dual screens. There's two of them. And they're connected. And so you can use it as like one giant tablet. You can use it as a book. You can also get a, uh, I guess, a little attachable physical magnetic keyboard for it as well. It's called the Surface Neo, from what I uh, can remember. And it looks really kind of cool. It does. And I like the fact that they skipped the gimmick of being a foldable screen and all that stuff. Yeah. And just had two actual screens. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really need to get in that corner. <laughs> no, no. But the, the, the way that they, like all the different ways you could use it, I found interesting. So it, it has the option of getting this little physical keyboard. It magnetically attaches to one of the screens to become the keyboard. But you still have real estate. And you can actually decide where you want that extra real estate, whether you want to move the keyboard to the top of that screen and the bottom part becomes your trackpad, or you can move it to the bottom and then they have what's called the wonder bar. (laughs) And so it's obviously still screen there, but it has, you know, maybe some of your favorite widgets and little apps. So this is actually, this is not the first dual screen portable in Microsoft's history. No. Right. In 2008, they had something called the courier. Uh, which was this beautiful booklet PC concept that they had rolled out. And uh, it, it died on the vine in 2010. And rumor had it, it, it died because they were, it was running Linux, right? They wanted it to run some flavor of Windows. So this is sort of a, an old idea made new again. Um, it sounds like the technology is actually ready for prime time now. I think a lot of us were looking at it back in 2008 going, uh, maybe just a touch ahead of your time. And literally almost, you know, with the beats as they canceled Courier, iPad came out and changed tablet PCs forever. So this is kind of an interesting place for Microsoft, kind of looking at it and going, how do we get back into this market? Uh, the Surface line's been very successful. They've done well, and you know they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a tablet slash laptop with the uh, the keyboard, the attachable magnetic keyboard, and it's so slim, and you can get all sorts of different configurations from like a basic model up to a, like a very powerful, very powerful, model. yeah. But I, I love it because you still have the ability to run Windows on it and a mouse as well. And that's one of the things I find missing from iPads and iPad Pros. Just you don't have the mouse. Or a trackpad. Or a trackpad. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's almost, again, by design, right? The Surface line really is the extension of the office Windows-driven mentality. This is very much a work-focused machine. There are people that do um, creative work on it. But when you take a look at how... Apple has embraced the creative side versus kind of shoehorning some of those working features into it, where now iPadOS is starting to really get into that space, whereas Microsoft kind of looked at it and went, 
we're never gonna be able to take Apple down from that direction. So let's make a great office machine. Let's make a great Windows machine. And you see that, you see the folks who use Surface computers, they tend to be very business oriented folks for the most part. They also tend to really love that platform too. Yes. Oh, they love it. Rapidly. So I'm gonna ask a question here. The latest iPad has just come out. And one of the features I found most intriguing is that it's now got the smart connector. So you can buy the optional magnetic magnetically attached keyboard, which basically turns it into a laptop. And so if you look at the power inside this iPad, I think it's under 500 bucks. I mean, getting that keyboard, it turns it into a very functional laptop. And I guess in my opinion, they're going hard after the under $500 laptop market, the Windows market. They really are. And when you think about the under $500 uh, Windows PC, Windows portable market, it's not a great experience. And it hasn't been a great experience for many years, right? Chromebooks kind of live in that space. And Chromebooks kind of, if you're looking for a cheap computer that isn't a Mac, the Chromebook kind of lives in that space and it's good. Uh, The iPad though, uh, at this point, you get software updates for longer. You know that it's going to run fairly fast for longer. You it's have to worry about it's super fast compared to like some of these cheap Windows laptops. And again, no mouse, no trackpad, but you don't really need it. I think you do though. I, I, I'm willing to put a bet down right now. Within the next four years, I'm gonna give myself a little bit of time. <laughs> I bet one of the next iterations of the iPad and iPad OS will include support for a mouse. You'd win that bet because it's actually here today. Yeah. It is, but not really. It's an accessibility feature. It is, yeah. But, but I'm saying it'll go main, they will make a mainstream feature out of this. So. They'll make a, a proper smart keyboard with a trackpad type connection. Yeah. And mode. the ability to have like a physical mouse. This yeah. kind of goes back to something that we talked about in one of our previous shows though, which is do we actually need a mouse anymore when we have things like air gesture and gesture control? Which is, I think you do. Like if I'm using a spreadsheet, for example, I, I know I can do that on an iPad Pro and by touching the screen, but it's just not efficient and fast. Like if you're used to doing something fast, your brain f- hurts when it has to do something slower. So you're That's look- the way we're designed. You're looking for that precision control. You're almost looking for a little bit of feedback there. So, cause right, you, you get that click when you click on a trackpad. You, you can almost feel like you've got that file in your hand as you're pulling it around. So is that really it? If it's not gestures, does it have to be something that's got haptics built in so that you can feel like you're grabbing files or touching files or being able to manipulate things physically? But I also Look, think- I wanna be able to use my mind to move things around, but <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. Well, and I also don't have, have to be doing this with my hand all no, day either. No, I wanna be able to rest it on a, on a desk yeah, or something. I'm lazy. If I have to raise my hand up to touch the screen, oh my God. You guys oh. don't even wanna hear what I do with eye tracking with Star Citizen. Yeah, yeah, you're weird. We'll cover another day. You're weird. <laughs> okay, let's talk about, we digress there, but uh, let's talk about the other really interesting thing that Microsoft announced. And again, this isn't coming out till fall 2020. It's again a foldable uh, little device. It's, it's a phone. It's a Microsoft phone. And they haven't really put out a phone since the demise of Windows Mobile. And this new phone, it uh, actually has two screens. It's not a folding screen like the Samsung. It's a smaller version of the tablet we just described. Exactly. So I think the screen, each screen is 5.6 inches. And again, you can fold it open and close. You can have kind of a tablet experience. You can have two apps going at the same time on each screen. It looks beautiful. The big thing, it's running Android. Yes. <laughs> As you both look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird because, you know, we really haven't seen Microsoft go all in on Android because obviously they've got Windows. Right, and I think it's a great play by them because they have this automatic library of apps that 
supposedly would work pretty decent with it. Uh, it's just a question of how this, you know, an existing Android app would play in a dual screen environment. Would it have to be a separate layer? Would they have to redevelop uh, their apps to work with a specific device? Lots of questions we don't have answers for. I mean, it looks but like it looks beautiful. It does. Yeah, it does look like a beautiful piece of hardware. But you notice something about it? Both the screens are on the inside. Yeah. When was the last time that you pulled your phone out and felt I really need to flip this sucker open? Nineteen ninety-six. Okay, but the trio. Listen, <laughs> but listen, Motorola. By the end of this year, it looks like they're going to announce a flip phone, a folding screen flip phone. The Razer Redux. Yes. Yeah. So that's coming back. You know, I, I, I think people might be used to that form factor again. I, I, I do like kind of the idea of being able to reach in my pocket, pull my phone out, look at the screen, throw it back in my pocket, not worry about it. That said, I'm doing a lot of that work with my watch now. I was just going to say, your watch, uh, you know, typically will do a lot of that, that type of task-based stuff. Yeah. Quick notifications, you can take a call on your watch, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and you can use voice assistance as well. So um, I think it's really cool. What I'm excited about is that it's finally getting close to my dream of the Westworld, you know, the TV show, the fake tablet that they have that's a phone that's a very narrow folding thing that opens up and it's very nice and very useful, usable. Um, this is not quite that, but we're getting closer to it without a gimmicky plastic screen and all this other stuff. So I can't wait to get my hands on it. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on the app show. When we come back, still lots more to talk about. If you are a Mac user, the operating system is upgradable now to Catalina. It's got all sorts of new features. We'll tell you what's hot, what's not. We also have our Hot 5 app countdown this week, John. Science apps to make you feel smarter. I could, I could use that. I'm not so smart anymore. Are there good ones, like easy ones? For you, Mike, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> When we come back from the break, though, we're going to talk about the latest Tesla upgrade. If you're a Tesla owner, you probably have already found the magic. Even if you don't have a Tesla, you got to listen to some of these new features. The big one, car karaoke. And I want to talk about that because in the news right now, distracted driving is a huge thing. Screw having the cup or the phone in the cup holder. Imagine having a giant iPad with lyrics going on uh, and singing as you're driving around down the road. That's not distracting. You're listening to the App Show here in the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. Still to come, Hot 5 App Countdown. And this week, it's Hot 5 Science Apps to make you smarter. Even people like me, yeah. says John. We'll also be talking to the Mac users out there. The operating system uh, is upgradable now to Catalina for most of you. So we'll tell you what's hot and what's not with that. Let's talk about... The Tesla upgrade. Your Tesla. My Tesla. Well, all Teslas. Really. All Teslas. And we're going to then go into distracted driving yes. as well, because that's been big in the news. Uh, you know, a senior was ticketed for having her phone charging in the cup holder. That ticket was, I guess, canceled after a big outcry, but it's still kind of a confusing thing out there. Well, we'll get to why I'm laughing at that after all the Tesla upgrades. So... I've got the Tesla uh, Standard Range Plus. This was the model they made to, I guess, adhere to all the federal and provincial tax credit grants you could get. I think I got like $10,000 off my car. Nice. Which was amazing. Anyway, this new update is freaking amazing. It's pretty impressive. It is. So you've got that giant, like I've got the Model 3 and that screen, I don't even know how big that screen is. It's big. It's like a mini TV. Yeah, it's bigger there. than an iPad Pro. But everything, yeah, everything you do, like there's no dials or gauges or you know 
heating vent switches, it's all on the screen. But this new update has added crazy things. They've updated the home, the, the theater on it. So now, and I have to be parked, thank God, uh, you can watch Netflix and YouTube on it. And at first, they said only if you have Wi-Fi. But I've been testing it, and it's using the car's data connection. And surprisingly, even in a, the corner of a parkade, yeah, we tested it underground. Where you have like one bar of service because you're on a concrete bunker, it actually worked quite well. Yeah, and it's a big screen. Yeah. So when I'm waiting for my wife, you know, who's shopping, I don't have to go in the shopping mall. I can sit and watch my favorite Netflix shows. Well, it's great because I mean, Justice League just came out on Netflix. So now instead of getting into a car crash, you can watch one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you Marvel? Are you Marvel? God. Okay, so I mean that is cool in itself, but the big win for me is that the fact that it works with the car's data connection, which is free. Yeah. And you've got a browser now too. I've got an internet browser. So now I can actually surf the web as well. Can you use your voice to control that? I haven't figured yeah, I think so, but I'm God, there's so many things to figure out in this car. Now, did you have to plug this in to charge it or because you might get a ticket for that? Probably. Yeah. So uh, another big feature, Spotify is now included. Again, they said it would only work with Wi-Fi, but it's streaming when I'm out driving around, which is cool. But the big thing, car karaoke or karaoke, as they call it, it has thousands of songs built into this car. And so you basically uh, go to the karaoke option. It asks you if you're the passenger. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm the passenger. No one would ever lie. No one will lie about on a screen. No one will lie about that. And then you can pick amazing songs, like all the latest ones from Taylor Swift to all the oldies. We did a we did a segment on this for the show, and hopefully we'll get this posted up pretty quick. Yep. We did it in one of the underground parking lots here in Vancouver. People were thought we were crazy. They did. They yeah. did. Because <laughs> I had Graham. And what song did you pick? Uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> because awesome. that's what you have to sing. Can I tell you something? To sing it by yourself is hard. But once you've got that magical <laughs> second friend in there, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> you guys did a duet too. We did, yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing. They have duets built in. Yep. with multiple parts. So they've actually got like color sequence stuff so you can choose which parts you want to sing. And this was all free. Yes. It's the Stingray Karaoke Music Library. And I just, you know, thought there's probably like 15 songs in there. No. no. There is just anything you there's can think There's 15 Rick Astley songs in there. Yeah. There's a surprising amount of Rick Astley <laughs> in <laughs> that library. Like, I didn't know he had that many songs. This also comes in multiple languages. Yes. Uh, because there are some cultures around the planet that just absolutely lock on to karaoke. Yes. Uh, my British relatives do. I'm not really sure that they've got anything from the West Midlands, but... <laughs> okay, so let's, let's talk about the, these new features. It is making that menu system on there immense. There are so many options that I have now. So for the music section, I can choose radio stations. I can go to Spotify now. I can search on Spotify. A little keyboard comes up. Should I be doing that while I'm driving? Can't you just say Tesla play karaoke? Again, John, I have not figured that out yet, okay? <laughs> I'm just happy I can drive the car and have it auto steer so I don't crash into things. But it is kind of freaking me out because when I'm driving, I want to listen to Spotify. So I'm like going into the Spotify menu. I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot going on here. I'm pretty sure there should be some kind of voice assistant support for that. Yes. It but seems even, like a good place to have it. Yes. But okay, so then get to the, the karaoke part. The lyrics are coming up on the screen. Okay, so... 
pretend I have all my buddies in the car and they're saying, you're telling me the driver's not going to be looking at that screen for the words? For his part that's coming Yeah, who, want, who doesn't want to sing like Sweet Home Alabama you're along not, with everyone? You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm doing this, I'm singing along, and I'm just I'm thinking that poor old lady that got a ticket for having her, her phone <laughs> charging in a cup holder and got a distracted driving ticket. How many tickets are you going to get then? Oh, God, I am dead. I can't afford it. The police will be driving by. Oh, God. Yeah, let's lock him up for a while. So, so this actually kind of comes, comes back to the point of our current vehicles right now are built in a very similar way. But instead of lyrics and instead of apps, you know, I've got a dial. I've got a mini countryman. And I've yeah. got an entertainment system. And if I want to select a radio station or if I want to go, I've got a Spotify app on mine, which connects up to my phone. But navigating that thing is nowhere near as intuitive as the Is Tesla. it distracting to you? Absolutely. Right? Even fiddling with the heating on my car is distracting. Do you have CarPlay in there? No, I don't. I'm, okay. I'm, the, I'm the year before CarPlay. See, I, I put my own like uh, third-party CarPlay system in, yeah. and I can control everything with my voice. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to do that. Yeah. But what the, the point that I'm getting at here is, you know, I get in, I put my phone in the cradle, I plug the charger into the bottom, so apparently now I'm distracted because this thing is, well, I guess because it's in a cradle. Because I'm, it's mounted. I'm scot-free. Yeah. And it's like, she was probably interacting with her phone to the same degree that I am, but she gets a ticket and I don't because it's stuck to a piece of plastic. Oh, yeah. So cops, don't go after the cup holder people. Follow the Teslas around. Looking for the people singing their heart out. <laughs> yes. To Britney Spears. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the Hot 5 app countdown. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. We still have a lot to talk about. If you are a Mac user, they've updated the operating system to Catalina. They're naming them after not mountains anymore, but parts in California, I guess. We'll tell you what's hot and what's not about it uh, coming up in a bit. But uh, right now, let's learn something about our iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. So there is a great new way to undo with your iPhone. right? Because we do a lot of things with them. Yes. But there's a great new way to undo it. In the past, can if you can undo to, my text messages that I shouldn't have sent. Unfortunately, it can't unsend them. But if okay. you're in the process of writing them and realize that you want to get rid of them, in the past you've been able to. What did you do? Remember this? Shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture, and that would come up, and it would say, "Do you want to undo your text message?" Now, half the time, if you were perhaps a passenger in a vehicle and the road was bumpy, you would actually end up with this message popping up quite a bit. Um, so you can turn that off, which is Thank great, God. right? Settings. General, accessibility, shake to undo, turn that off. What you can do now, though, is use three fingers to swipe to the left to undo. Very cool new feature. And so what are we undoing again? So if you're, if you're writing <laughs> all of the evils in the world, um, if you're writing, I should be a, listening to this. Okay. writing a text <laughs> message or writing an email and you've written something that you don't want to, perhaps autocorrect has been a little aggressive yeah. um, and is, has suggested a word that is not the word that you want, you can three-finger swipe and it will undo uh, that text input. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Now, on all iPhones? I, I, is it iOS 13? iOS 13, all iPhones that currently run iOS 13. Um, here's the thing. If you accidentally undo, you can redo by swiping. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Swipe right? Swipe right. You got I'm it. I'm a genius. Okay, let's uh, see what's hot in science apps. The weekly app, Hot 5. This week, the Hot 5 app countdown is Hot 5 science apps to make you smarter. Even me. 
Uh, number five, I'm going to start it off, guys. Uh, okay. This one's available for Android. It's free. It's called MyShake. This is kind of interesting. With MyShake, your phone becomes a portable seismograph, collecting valuable tremor information while your phone is idle. Using your phone's motion sensors, the app can record shaking intensity, and user, users can even report earthquakes and view reports from other users. All of this data is used by the UC Berkeley Seismic. I can't even say it. Seismology. Seismology Laboratory. It's been a long, long morning here. <laughs> That's kind of cool. But what if you like have that going on in your car? They're going to think there's something happening in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Karaoke's at it again. <laughs> Mike's singing some bad sweet home Alabama. Okay, number four, we've got uh, Redshift. And John, take it away. So this is for Android and iOS. It actually is a paid app. It's about 12 bucks, And this will turn your device into a mobile planetarium with Redshift. This app allows you to aim your device, your cameras, your, your device's camera to the sky to see an illustrated constellations and celestial objects. The app also takes you on a 3D tour of the solar system with detailed information about planets and moons. It even boasts a database of over 100,000 stars, 70,000 deep sky objects, as well as comets, asteroids, and dwarf planets. Very, very cool. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown this week. Graham, you've got Globe Observer. So Globe, Globe Observer, this is for Android and iOS. It's free, and this is from NASA. So it is a free app that invites you to make observations about the world around you and then submit them using the app where they'll be used by scientists to validate and interpret satellite data that's collected from space. So using the Globe Clouds feature, you can make observations about cloud cover and compare it to NASA's satellite observations. The Mosquito Habitat Mapper allows you to locate, observe, and identify mosquito larvae and reduce the potential threat of mosquito-borne diseases. You got people going around checking out, like, puddles and swamps. I love it. Okay, number four on the Hot uh, 5 app countdown. Uh, John will uh, let you take it away. Stephen Hawking's Pocket Universe. This is for iOS, and it's four bucks. Uh, You can explore six illustrated topics the famous physicist contributed to, including the Big Bang and black holes. Each topic is explained in layman's terms and historical anecdotal references from Hawking himself. This is cool. Yeah. Four bucks. Four bucks. Number one, Graham, the elements for iOS. So the elements, this is $12, and it is a beautifully produced journey through the periodic table. The elements uses uh, teaches users about the elements and how they combine to form the world around us. So starting with the illustrated periodic table of elements, you can tap on each element to see photos of items composed of them, as well as vital facts and figures about each one. You know, I'm just thinking about all these apps now. Like, these are glorious. Can you imagine having this when you were, like, in elementary school or or school in general? Like, I had to use books, like a (laughs) sucker. Like, I had to have, like, either a textbook that was had some limited information or go to the library and hope to God the books were there. And you probably had a tutor, too. I didn't have a tutor, no. Can I uh, can I give a quick shout-out to the H.R. McMillan Space Center in Vancouver? If you like science and you like stuff like this, go check them out. Do they have an app? Probably. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, it's all about Catalina. If you've got a Mac and if you've been wondering if you should upgrade to the new operating system, which is free, yep, we're going to tell you if you should or not and some of the features that you may want to, to do it for. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. You are back with the app show, Mike, John, and Graham here. Still have lots to talk about, uh, including our game app of the week and also John's 
app pick of the week as well. But before we get there, let's talk about Catalina. This is the Mac operating system that is now officially available for Mac users out there. And John, you've been running it for a while now, the beta version. Yeah, so in the summertime is when Apple has their big developer conference and they typically uh, uh, release a beta version of it available right away during the conference in like June, I think. And I am the sucker at the table that started running it early on and I actually had some problems. I'm not gonna lie, I had some big problems. When you try to do an update and you run out of hard drive space. You're dead? You're pretty much dead in the water. I remember this happening to you. Yeah, yeah. so fortunately I was able to figure out how the steps to, to back out of the update and restore a backup, which you should always do if you're running any beta software. Um, and to sort of talk about Catalina, if you are thinking about upgrading and you have some concerns, back up before you hit the upgrade button. Good to know. But you're, you used to be a sucker too. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah I'm not, a new sucker. I, you're, you're the new sucker. I just I don't do beta anymore because again I, I I like my life to run smoothly. It used to be the like the big sexy new feature, and I'm like, but the big sexy new feature is broken. Yes. So I'm just gonna wait until that guy over there tests it. John always opened his Christmas presents before <laughs> Christmas. Yes, I did. I'm yeah. not sure when I found patience, but it really made my life a lot more le- uh, stressful. Okay, so let's soon. talk about some of the features. Yes. Like, should people upgrade to this? Yes. Okay. That was that was End really of segment. Quick. Good chat. Why? Wow. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going on here. And there are some things that when you say them, people won't care about them too much, but they kind of, they, they bode well for the future. Um, the first thing is iTunes is dead. Oh. Right? So this has been a long time coming, right? That, when, when, that, when blo- st- that bloated piece of software. <laughs> so when, when Steve Jobs announced iTunes and brought out this cigarette pack sized mp3 player called the ipod that connected only to Macs through firewire changed the music industry forever Uh, but we've been looking at itunes and over the course of the last couple of decades it has had music software and then we've added movies and tv shows and now it manages not just your ipod but your iphone and the apps on that and that had to sync all of your contact like it just started to grow and grow and grow I hated syncing to it because it would take so long and you'd have to have a duplicate copy of whatever your device is on your machine. It, it caused some problems, right? And so we got, we got music in the cloud, we've got Apple Music, we've got Spotify. The, the relevance of iTunes has started to slip in its current form. So what, what have they done? They've split it out into a couple of different apps. Okay. Right? Uh, so you've got music. Uh, we have music on our phones, right? If you've got an iPhone, Apple Music is there. So you're already used to it. Yes. And yep. if you've got an Android, you can get Apple Music as well. It's, it's there for everyone. Uh, there's also podcasts, right? A lot of folks like listen, listening to podcasts. Syncing podcasts through iTunes was an arduous thing. It had a separate app on your phone again. So why did we have this all in one place? And last but not least, there is syncing, uh, which was handled again through iTunes before. The smart place to handle a device that has files on it and things like that is in the Finder. Every other device shows up in the Finder. Why don't we have it show up there? So that's a really great new feature of Catalina. Uh, another really solid one, kind of bringing together the portable and uh, the the you know desktop-based or larger computer experience uh, is Sidecar. Now, John, you've tried this. This is arguably probably one of the biggest cool new things that came with Catalina. Um, and I tried it early on when it was really kind of flaky, um, but it's gotten so much better over the summer. And this allows you to essentially turn your iPad into a second screen that's paired with your MacBook or and other it, device. Does it work? Yeah. Well, 
really well. So I've been using an app called Duet for a few years, which has been an okay experience. Um, so I was skeptical about Sidecar. Um, they've actually delivered on this. Uh, how, the, how old can the iPad be? Uh, I think it's got to be a, a generation four, I think, or yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I have an iPad uh, mini four. Yes. And it's the last one that it supports. I think that's the A8 processor. Yeah, or I can't faster. remember that. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, still, that's that's going back a couple of years now, right? These, these are older pieces of hardware, and they work. My iMac uh, is from 2012, and I yeah. bought a top-of-the-line, fully loaded iMac, um, 32 gigs of RAM, 2 gig video card. Uh, it supports metal, which is the way that Apple talks to that bare hardware to get the most processing power out of it. Um, and so it is, ne- it is now the very last Mac that supports this, uh, which means it's probably time for me to sell that. See me on Craigslist, send me a note. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, so Sidecar is great. Um, again, bringing portable and, or I guess the iOS and the macOS experience together. Uh, notes is improved. Um, reminders is a big one. And so this is a big, this was a bit of an issue as people upgraded to iOS 13. I saw a bunch of these things on my Facebook feed. When you upgraded to iOS 13 and you opened reminders, it said, hey, We've upgraded Reminders. If you haven't upgraded to macOS Catalina yet, which is coming later this month, so you probably haven't done it, uh, don't upgrade your Reminders just yet because the database is incompatible. And of course, I had four or five people screaming from the high heavens that Apple had broken this thing. And I'm like, did you miss the full screen warning? Now, though, that we've got Catalina, I've done the upgrade, and I've got to say I am thrilled with Reminders. I've been using different to-do apps since, like, Clear and To-Do launched on iOS, and they were good. Um, I mean, OneNote is decent. Uh, the new Reminders and the new Notes, wow. Like, they have really, really nailed it this time. It, it, it's a great version of this piece of software. Any other features that you like, John? Dark Mode? Yeah. Kind of like an iOS 13. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like having everything dark. Uh, we have Google Docs, for example, in, in a Chrome browser. It's bright white. Yes. It's nice to be able, especially if you're you know late at night on the couch with your laptop, having the ability to control the brightness of uh, and, and how much light you're putting out. Um, I just find it a more uh, appealing way to do it. My terminal is also black with yellow tech or green text too. Old school homebrew uh, theme. Um, but that's just me. But the nice thing is that you can turn it on and off too. So Well, and now one of the new features for Catalina is that it will shift automatically with uh, dawn and dusk. Or you can set it for specific times, yeah. which is really helpful. One last really cool feature. Yes. Approve with Apple Watch. Now, I've been using Unlock my, my Mac with my Apple Watch for a very long time. So it's, instead of a password, you can use your Apple Watch. It knows that you're near and it unlocks. Don't you have to touch it, right? Just yeah. tap the keyboard. It sees my Apple Watch is on my wrist. It unlocks the computer. And you have to be within a very short range. It's not like you can be across the room and someone can unlock your computer on you. I forgot about that feature. I have a MacBook right now I'm using and I have an Apple Watch and I'm still typing in my password like a sucker. <laughs> we'll get you there. Um, the cool thing is now they've made it so that you can approve for different password events on your computer. So for example, we were talking about notes. You can lock notes. And, you know, I tend to use pretty complex passwords for these things. Instead of having to go and retrieve that or find it or remember it, I can now unlock with Apple Watch, which is great. Very cool. Any reasons why people shouldn't? Yes. Okay. Um, If you use older software, now you might not know if you use older software. I have an old scanner, um, which didn't have an auto update utility with the drivers. And so when I looked at it, if you go into about this Mac and you go to general, under there, you can actually see under your applications, there's a big long list, 
You can go through one by one and you'll see, you know, is it 64-bit? If it says no, that application is not going to work on Catalina. It will not run. There is no Rosetta. There is nothing here that will make that thing run. Also, if you use any apps at all that use the iTunes Music Library, most DJ software does this, but any music creation software that has access to the iTunes Library, it may or may not work depending on the update schedule for that particular application. Okay. So overall, yes? Yes. Graham? Absolutely. We're going to have to take a break here on the App Show. When we come back, we have time for two more apps. The Game App of the Week and John's App Pick of the Week as well. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with App Nerds John Beeler, Graham Williams. We've got time for a couple more apps here. Before we get to John's Pick of the Week, Graham, you've got a game app. I do. It's called Blocky Hockey. Blocky Hockey. Uh, if where, do you, where do you find these? <laughs> I dig deep for these. I know what he's telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you like the look of Minecraft, Blocky Hockey feels like it's sort of in the same vein, a little evolved, but it's a cool hockey game where you get to skate all over the arena, get into brawls, uh, score, and you win the hockey cup because we wouldn't want to have any sort of infringement going on. Uh, it is a fun game, though. Uh, there are some cool in-app purchases where you can purchase different skins for your characters, uh, but this is a really fun, neat little game. It's all about swiping and getting those goals. Very simple. It's not a deep hockey game. This is not NHL. It's pretty good, though. If you like Minecraft, you like hockey, you'll like Blocky Hockey. Blocky Hockey. And how much is it? Uh, it is actually free, and the in-app purchases run anywhere from buck twenty-nine up. Very cool. Okay, it's that time. Weekly, we have John give us his app pick of the week. What do you got? So this week, I have a free app for Android and iOS. It's called Magnus. Magnus. It's like Shazam for art. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So this is really cool. You just take a photo of any work of art and you can like, if you're at someone's house, you're at a gallery, you're at the museum, take a picture. This app will use uh, image recogn- rec- recognition technology and it boasts a database of over 10 million images. 10 million? Yeah. And wow. So it, it'll quickly f- show you what it thinks it is. And you can actually help make the database better if it's wrong. But I actually tried it on a few different um, pieces of art that I found, and I was just taking pictures of office off a MacBook screen, and it got it. I think ninety five percent of the time, it nailed it. Really? Yeah, and it was very impressive. It's very quick too. The other cool thing it does is it will actually, if you're in some of the bigger cities like New York, London, Paris, that have you know big museums and galleries and stuff like that, it'll actually show you on a map what's nearby. So if you actually want to go visit the Picasso at a certain gallery, it'll tell you where the nearest one is. Very cool. And again, called? Magnus. Magnus. Shazam for art. Yes. Because Shazart was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds too close to something else. I can't quite remember, but yeah. Shazart. Okay. That's all the time we have left for the app show. Don't forget to check out our podcast uh, of it. You can go to getconnectedmedia.com. We've got... Uh, Links to the podcast up there for that. And of course, get connected as well. And we've got all kinds of videos uh, of the latest and greatest in technology. This is Mike, John, and Graham signing off for the App Show. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.